Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I am your host, Jay Smith, the King, and this is the Code of Conduct with the King podcast. I am back. I don't even know how many times, but what I do know is that it's Victory Tuesday. What I do know is that my boys are nine and three. And what I do know is that we are in sole possession of first place in the AFC East. And what I do know is that my quarterback is that dude. I think I'm going to bring back the chance. Yeah, matter of fact, let me let me go ahead and let that ride for a minute with the music. Listen, I don't care what nobody got to say about my quarterback from now on. When y'all want to get mad at Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman and, and I don't even know who else talks bad about Josh, but y- you all want to get mad every time the national media decides not to give Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills any type of credit, anything that we feel that they deserve. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm to the point where I could care less about what the national media has to say about Josh Allen and this year's version of the Buffalo Bills. I'm completely over. I am completely over caring about what people have to say about my team. Because the reality is going into the game yesterday, people, Vegas, said the Bills were underdogs. People said the Bills didn't even really look like a team that should be on the same field with the team who doesn't have their starting quarterback, their all-pro tight end, probably six or seven other guys on injured reserve for the season. They felt like this year's team did not deserve to be on the field with them, that they were going to beat us and they were going to do it kind of easily. Maybe easily is an, is an overreaction because they – that, that that part should have been on Joe's show. <laughs> that was an overreaction. I'm in my feelings. But the, but the thing and the reality is they really still don't want to give credit. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Josh Allen is playing at MVP level. He showed up big on primetime TV. And he has he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. Yes, there was dead air right there. There was dead air. Because I'm saying that, and I'm not saying it with any uh, any qualifiers. I'm not trying to um, justify my reasoning for saying it. Josh Allen is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Josh Allen is one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league. He is elite. And regardless of what anybody wants to say about my quarterback, that's my damn quarterback. Dude, I'm amped. I'm amped. I just got off this show with my man Jordan, who um who writes for the 49ers web zone. And and we kind of did like a post-game reaction. And one of the things that I mentioned on there is that it feels so good to finally be on the other side of the discussion. And what I mean by that is the entire time, if you go back, I'll actually I'll, I'll post the, the link to the show that we did last night. And I'll post it so you all can see it. The the thing is, they were talking about Mullins and they were talking about the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo was not available. And even when he is available, they talk about the level of play being subpar in comparison to other starting quarterbacks in the league, specifically in comparison to what they saw from Josh Allen last night. It feels good to finally be the team where other guys and ladies from other teams say, man, I wish I had a quarterback like yours. For years, I wish that we could have Andrew Luck. 
for years, man. I wished when when Carson Wentz came out of the draft. Granted, I don't want him now. He doesn't look. He looks like a shell of what he was that year that he could have been MVP. But God, I wanted Carson Wentz on the Buffalo Bills roster that year that he almost won MVP before he tore his ACL. You know, when you look at these guys, like, you know, Patrick Mahomes comes out and he's the MVP and then he wins the Super Bowl. And it's just like we never used to we never used to strike gold. I try to give I try to give Doug Whaley a little bit more credit than a lot of people in Buffalo tried to give him previously. I do think that he had a great eye for talent. He drafted a lot of good defenders. We had great defenses throughout the tenure of Doug Whaley. He drafted, he, he, he was consistent with what the Buffalo Bills have been in history, and he drafted and, and developed good offensive weapons. He, he, he did a good job with things that we did. Defensive players, offensive players, the offensive line, he did a really good job at doing things that he was supposed to do. If I'm not mistaken, I believe Dion's like one of his last, one of his last picks. And I'm very happy. I'm very, very happy with Dion. But the point is, he never struck gold on quarterback. EJ Manuel, um, you know, I don't even know. He was on the staff prior to him being the actual GM that drafted other quarterbacks. And the thing is, all of these years, we've been getting inspiring play at times. We've been getting encouraging play at times, hard play every time. The guys that have come in here and put on a helmet for the Buffalo Bills and represented that team in that city, those guys wanted to be the quarterback to take us to the playoffs. You don't think EJ Manuel wanted to be the quarterback to finally go to the playoffs for the Buffalo Bills? He thought he was going to be the savior of the franchise. It just so happens it's Josh Allen. It just so happens that it's Josh Allen. So I say all that to say, we're finally on the other side of the conversation. We are the good team. We have the good players. We have the good coach. We have the good GM. Lewis Reddick mentioned that on the broadcast. He talked about how Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean were tied together Maybe it wasn't Lewis, actually. It may have been another commentator. But they talked about how those two were tied together with their tenure and with the decisions that they've made and how there were a lot of people. And I will be the first to admit that I was one of those people who was not on the side of it that said, hey, we should draft Josh Allen. I thought, if anything, the last guy you should draft out of that class was Josh Allen. I wanted Lamar Jackson, which I still don't think would have been a bad idea. After Lamar Jackson, I was actually on the Baker bandwagon. And now that Baker is in the league, he played lights out Sunday. He had a great game. I don't dislike Baker because of his 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 athletic ability or really lack thereof. But he's just not an athletic guy. But I do think that he can be and will be a good quarterback. He has moments where he looks like the guy that we saw in college. But at the end of the day, if you're going to sit here and tell me that any one of those five quarterbacks that were drafted the year that Josh Allen came out or any of the other four in the first round are better at this stage of their career than Josh Allen. I have a I have a serious and a tough time. Believing that I should have a conversation with you about football. Now, granted, if you want to talk about accolades in, in previous years. Yeah. OK. Lamar Jackson was MVP last year. He got booted out in the playoffs just like Josh Allen. MVPs mean it, they matter. So don't take that statement as me saying that Josh Allen is better even though he won MVP and MVP is nothing. No, I'm saying that was last season. This season, I don't, I don't see a quarterback in that draft class that looks anywhere near as good as Josh Allen. Josh Allen looks this year the way Patrick Mahomes looked last year. All I'm saying is it feels good to be on the other side of things. We didn't have too many great, huge moments last night, but I would like to extend my campaign of extend Andre Roberts. 
he had a play there. I believe it was the second quarter or maybe it was the third quarter where it was like a shoestring tackle. And if the guy, if he had slipped past this one guy, he probably either would have taken it to the house or we would have started the drive on like their 30 yard line. We have to extend Andre Roberts. Andre Roberts, man, I'm not going to give the whole speech like I gave last week. But the dude is the dude is legit. And it's about time that we we respect him by giving him um, an extension. I know we gave him the contract. It was a very good contract at the time. Still is a good contract. He deserves every penny that he's making. We need to give him an extension. So moving on from that, I told you I'm not going to give you a, a huge speech on that. I do want to address one thing. Me and uh, one of my guys, he and he's a he's a friend of mine. So when I say this, I don't want everybody thinking that I'm like attacking guys on Twitter. And he's my guy. Uh, my man Don Burt. Um. Last night, he and I got into like this little back and forth on Twitter. First, I don't back down from things when I know what I know. A lot of times I know that might seem like, Spence, you just think you know everything. No, I I admit when I'm wrong often, actually very often. And I think Joe would be one of the first people to tell you that. My man, Joe Miller. I think he would be one of the first people to tell you that. However, there are two things that I know I'm not wrong about. First, I never, ever said that Cam Newton going into this season was going to be an MVP candidate for this NFL season. I knew that there were no weapons in New England, and I knew that Cam was not really 100% healthy. I knew that he was better than what people said he was. And I also said that I would push and support and root for Cam when they're not playing against the Buffalo Bills. Not once have I ever said that Cam Newton would be an MVP again. On, like, If he ever becomes MVP again, I will be completely surprised. But that doesn't mean I can't root for the guy. It doesn't mean that I don't think Cam is better than what a lot of people try to act like he isn't. Cam Newton is a good quarterback. Sunday he didn't look like it. But their team won 45 to nothing. He's winning. Then he has games earlier in the season when he's throwing for 300 yards against Russell Wilson. No, I don't think that he's going to be an MVP. But the disrespect that people were giving him over the summer, I addressed that. But the biggest part, I just had to say that because last night it got crazy. People thinking that I said Cam was the MVP. But this is the part that we really kind of were going back and forth about. Levi Wallace is not the guy long-term to be on the other side of Trey. I'm not going to get on here and bash Levi Wallace. I am a Levi Wallace fan. I have a signed helmet from Levi Wallace that he signed for me at Duff's in Orchard Park. I have a jersey of Levi Wallace that I don't wear because I'm actually going to frame it. What I want to do, I got a couple ideas on how I want to do some things when I get my house. I want to frame it. I'm just waiting for him to sign it. But the issue that I'm having with Levi Wallace this season and last season, if we really want to be honest about it, Levi Wallace consistently is seen making tackles on wide receivers. I'm not talking about the tackles to running backs. I'm not talking about the tackles to a tight end that maybe ran across the middle of the field and then made it to the sideline and then Levi comes over and assists with the tackle. I'm talking about consistently. It could be third and six and Levi Wallace will give up a nine yard pass and make the tackle. Oh, great. He saved a big play. It wasn't a touchdown. A third down conversion is a big play. Anytime you can get the ball back from the opposing team and you don't, that's a big play. Levi Wallace is consistently being burned this season. Now, I don't know if it's health. I don't know if it's, you know, if they're making changes to the scheme. I'm not part of the team, so I don't quite know what the game plan is. I don't know what the actual cause are. And Levi Wallace is a very intelligent player. But I do think that it's fair as Bills fans, as content creators, and just as, you know, just as people, if you want to talk about it, I think that it's fair to critique and be critical of players and have expectations. 
My expectation from the secondary of the Buffalo Bills is to play like they did last season. So when we give up 316 yards to Mullins, that's not acceptable to me. And I don't have the stats in front of me yet because I'm recording this directly after the game. But there are, I guarantee you, when you look at the statistics, Levi Wallace gave up more yards and more catches or receptions, however you want to word it for the verbiage people and the, the technical people. Levi Wallace gave up more yards. It, it, it's the bomb. And then people want to defend him. Okay, let's do that. It's easy to look bad when you're opposite Trey because you're going to get picked on. Quarterbacks are going to say, hey, not throwing to Trey White. And we saw why last night. Trey got the interception in the end zone, completely ended the game, really. That's why people don't throw to Trey. We saw that. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because if Levi was anywhere, I, I don't expect him to be Trey. Trey is a Trey is really one of the best. It's not easy to draft those guys. It's not easy to sign those guys. But if Levi was playing better, he wouldn't be picked on. <laughs> That's the thing. When you say, oh, you're going to be picked on when you're opposite of Trey. If you were better, you couldn't be picked on. Because if you throw the ball my way and I intercept it, guess what? You're going to stop picking on me. And what happens is they keep picking on Levi because they keep getting completions and first downs and touchdowns and pass interferences and holding penalties. And I can keep going, but I'm not going to because I really do like him. So this is not a bash campaign. It's me having an expectation of one of my favorite players. That's what this is. So when I last night was having my moments, like, ah, Levi got to go on Twitter when I'm mad. Oh, you got to go. I don't really want him gone. I'm tweeting in the moment. But but the reality is. He hasn't been playing up to par and we need him to. We absolutely need him to. Because, yeah, when you're going against Nick Mullins. When you're going against Nick Mullins, it's easy to do that. You can get beat and still win the game by 10 points. You do that to Kansas City, and I guarantee you, Sammy Watkins or Tyreek Hill or whoever they have on that side is going to eat just like they did when they came to Buffalo. They're going to continue to eat. And actually, they didn't even eat that much because of the weather, but they will eat even more if we gave them the opportunity to do the things that we just let the 49ers do last night. Let's say the Bills make it to the Super Bowl and say we go up against Green Bay. You think Aaron Rodgers isn't going to pick on Levi Wallace? You guys are bugging. The part of the fan base who does not seem to think Levi Wallace should improve on that side. Like if you really think that that is okay. The performance that we've been seeing is okay. I'm sorry. I'm not that fan. I'm not the fan that feels like it's, it's just, okay, we got the win, so it's cool. No, there's things to improve on. And, yes, we got the win. But I don't know if you all remember, but I was super upset after the Jets game. I was very upset after the Jets game. And I was very upset after the Patriots game. Winning isn't everything. It's a lot, and winning is great, but winning isn't everything. Sometimes the best lessons come in a loss. I don't want to lose, so I don't want to learn those lessons right now. I want the Bills to keep winning. But winning isn't everything. Because the team won doesn't mean that the player did well. And that's the thing that we have to start being honest about as fans. It is okay to be critical, and it is okay to have expectations. As long as we do it in love, and as long as we continue to support our guys. Love my team. Love my Buffalo Bills. So, 
I'm done with my little monologue for the day. I got my guy, my brother Bill, joining me. And we're going to talk for a few minutes here. We're just going to talk about, you know, just how he got started in comedy. We're going to talk about how he became a Bills fan. And then just just talk. Um, I feel like so many times on the podcast, I have people come on and we do the X's and O's things. And we talk about, you know, game plans. And we talk about all of this other stuff. I got him on and we talked about just regular life stuff. And we just had some fun. Uh, this this was pre-recorded last Friday. So it was prior to the game. So the first half of the show is the updated part. The interview with Brother Bill is just really just some fun, uh, just just some fun for for Bills fans. So so check it out. I hope you guys enjoy it. Go Bills! I will have something for you again. I'm gonna actually do another edition of the Code of Conduct this week um, because I didn't touch on the Steelers game, but I actually want to sit down and do a full show of content just for the Steelers game. I have a couple of people from Pittsburgh uh, who I will have joining me soon, so that will be fun. It's gonna be a good time. So. Like I said, check it out. Got everything coming up. I did also postpone or reschedule with Steve Christie. I will have a date for you very, very soon. I do apologize about that. So tonight I will not be going live if you are looking forward to that. Um, or maybe I will. I, I'll put up a I'll put up a poll in the morning to see if people still want me to go live. And maybe that instead of doing a secondary show for the Code of Conduct, I'll just do a live episode and and we'll we'll go over uh, Pittsburgh and we'll look at you know, what our keys to victory are and what we have to do to win. But like I said, it is what it is. Victory Tuesday. Y'all have a very, very good week. I love you guys. Go Bills. This is a Jay Spence exclusive. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I have done it again. I'm telling you, I keep coming with the heat. I have the one and only, the guy with the, fr first of all, every Sunday morning, like, I think if you're like me, if you're a true Bills fan, you wake up and you look forward to seeing what the like how we're getting out of bed this morning. So I have to introduce he needs no introduction. My man, brother Bill. How's it going today, man? What's up, man? Uh, I appreciate you having me on here for sure. Man, no, nah, I appreciate you jumping on, man. You, you're you're a real funny dude. Um, a lot of the stuff that you post, you know, it obviously goes like viral in Buffalo. And then obviously from there, when other fans start to see it, it goes from there. So tell me, how'd you um how'd you kind of get into doing these, you know, comedy posts and things that you do? Yeah, man. Uh, I was just always a big like meme guy uh, ever since like, even when it wasn't that popular for like, like 2012, 2013, it was something that I would do with just messing around with my buddies, like taking a picture of them and, and memeing it or something like that. So I've been a diehard Bills fan my whole life. And uh, I decided to make this page. It was the week leading into the Texans playoff game, uh, Bills Texans. And I was like, you know, what? I want to make like a, a Bills page where I can just like say everything I want to say and and maybe be like a be like a beacon of, of positivity for positivity for Bills Mafia. So I made this page and um, I started just doing what I've always done and just make like these memes and these videos and stupid stuff to to help us out or make us laugh or whatever it might be. Well, I think you definitely do a good job because now it's to the point where, well, for starters, like even the sayings that you do, like it's starting to take off. Like I'm starting yeah. to see people put them on shirts and stuff, you know, like, dude, yeah. you're, you're, you're doing it, man. That's good stuff. <laughs> That's good stuff. So, well, tell me this, how'd you, um, you know, being a Bills fan, how'd you even become a Bills fan? I know a lot of people have a similar story, like either you were born there and it just kind of, it happened or, uh, you know, do you have a different type of story? What, what, you know, how that happened for you? Yeah, so I'm I'm from Rochester, so like an hour from Buffalo, and my dad's just a diehard Bills fan. So um, just as a kid, I have some like really young memories of just like watching the games with him. And then uh, he took me to my first game when I was five. We went to the home opener together, and we've done that up to this year, obviously, because we couldn't. But we've gone to every home opener since then, and I usually go to about like four games a year. It's just been something I was kind of like born into. And uh, I've mm -hmm. seen since I was a kid, I've grown up like around Bill's mom at the tailgates and being a five-year-old watching some crazy shit that, uh, <laughs> that, uh, happened, but, uh, um, yeah. it's just been ever since, uh, well, since no. I was a kid, I've been out the womb basically. <laughs> Well, cool. That's good. You know, um, you know, you're a generational Bills fan. And the, the thing, the reason why I asked you that, I want to lead into a couple of different questions. So like the first one being, so I assume, especially the way you just said it there, I assume you're a little bit younger than myself. So 
um, when you became a fan or, or to your memory, um, kind of where was the team started when you were kind of like really falling in love with the team for yourself and, you know, gaining knowledge about the, the sport? My first memory, I have like this weird, obscure memory. I don't know what year it was, but Doug Flutie was the quarterback. And I remember Antoine Smith had the ball, I was running. And Doug Flutie out of like, out of nowhere, just like is in front of him lead blocking on like a, a run play. And I just remember my dad being like, you never see a quarterback, like no quarterback will do this besides him. And I just remember that. It's like my earliest memory. So it's got to be okay. like 99-ish or so something. Like 98, like 99. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, that's my earliest memory. But like I was – I came up in the start of the drought really. Like okay. my first two games were like – I think my first game I went to was oh, was 2000 or 2001. Okay. So, so that's it an, that, it's an interesting, <laughs> it's an inter, interesting perspective because um, a lot of times, obviously, so I'm 34. So I was born like just before the Bills had their Super Bowl runs th- those few yeah, years. Yeah. And so my earliest memory before I really even remembered the games or like knew what football was about. Like I remember um, at school them telling me, hey, you know, if the Bills win tomorrow, there's no school Monday. Like I remember that. <laughs> and I remember going to school every single Monday. So it, it, was, a bad, <laughs> it was a bad time. But one of the reasons um, why I brought this question up is because so at that time, um, Miami was our main, you know, like we hated Miami. Yeah. Um, and back then it was the the Jim Kelly with the Marino deal, obviously. Um, and then so when you when you became a fan, it was the Tom Brady time. Yeah. You know, so now that Tom Brady is no longer in our division. I'm curious, how do you look at it? Are you are you um you know, you don't like Miami? Are you still kind of like, man, I hate the Patriots, even though now they don't look anything like they did? Uh, or are is it the Jets kind of, you know, like where where does it stand for you where you look at our biggest rival? It's funny because, like, like you said, like you grew up with the the Miami rivalry, and honestly, like my whole life, Miami was like the least rival of the AFC East for me. So, like, that's the one. Like, maybe now with the Tua thing coming into play, it's starting to ramp up. But most of my life, I've been like pretty like neutral with Miami. I'm like, oh, who cares? Mm-hmm. But uh, I've always hated the Jets. Like, they're I don't know if it's the fans' attitudes or when Rex Ryan was even there. Like. They just used to bug the shit out of me, man. Like, Dude, I hate. I can't stand Rex. I think Rex yeah, is like no, the worst he coach. Really uh, he really is. And the fact that we hired him, man. Like, I, and I think we're still. Pay, I think we still have one more season that we have to pay That's Rex terrible. Ryan. It's horrible, man. It's absolutely horrible. Um, but um, the the Patriots, I definitely still don't. That's don't that's like. who it is for you. Yeah. <laughs> It's I might get some haters saying this. I was never really anti Brady though, as like a. A single person, I was just like, you know, he's a seventh-round pick or whatever, like came from – like they had no expectations and what he did was pretty crazy. But so I hated that we had to play him. I hated that he was in our division. I hated the Patriots as a whole. But him, I always kind of had a, a weird like – like almost like uh, a, if you're a Celtics fan with Kobe, like you don't like Kobe, yeah. but like you but respect you got to respect the yeah. hell out of him. Yeah. And, well, I kind of agree with you there because – so I, I don't personally I never disliked Tom Brady. And I know a lot of times you get the, you know, Tom Brady sits when he pees and you yeah. get the you know, you get all of the fun things that people post that like, you know, because we had to hate him for 20 years. Right. But but I always looked at him as like, you know, he's the greatest quarterback I've ever got a chance yeah. to watch. You know, so, you know, with that being said now, you know, he's not in our division. How do you feel about watching him now down there in Tampa? I, 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 it's actually fun for me to watch him, but it's, it's kind of depressing because he's not yeah. as good as he used to be. And that's the thing. Like, I, I kind of get a little upset when I see, like, I'm on Twitter and people are like, it was all Belichick. Like, see, let's, this was all Belichick. I'm like, Give him, he's 44 years old. Like, yeah. you can't expect that to continue forever. It is kind of funny to watch as he's, like, getting pissed off and not shaking hands with other people. Like, it's kind of like <laughs> – yeah, you just got to laugh at it. But, like, yeah. I don't think it takes away from his legacy. But it is it is kind of nice after 20 years of being dominated by him to see the humility in him now. <laughs> yeah. So, well, it's funny. So now to, to circle back around to what you mentioned about Miami and now that Tua is coming in, into his own, in a sense, um, I'm not worried about them this season. I know that they still are only a game behind us in, in the AFC East race. And I know um, – you know, they've been winning some some games. Their defense looks pretty good. I'm not scared of them, though. So, 
you know, what exactly, you know, how do you see the rest of the year playing out for the AFC East? Obviously, like I said, the Bills have a one game lead over Miami and New England technically still isn't out. So how do you see the rest of that playing out for us? I feel good about it. Like, I, I think I think this is the year that it's, it's our division. And, um, you know, I, it's one of the few times I feel like in my life that I can look at the remaining schedule and be like, we could win every single one of these games, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh's good, but I don't think they're as good as their record says. And I, I kind of hope they come into our matchup undefeated because it would just be so much sweeter because I think we can really beat them. And uh, I think Miami's schedule isn't like that Broncos game was probably one of the more gimme games on their schedule, and they, they blew that. So I'm not really worried about them the rest of this year either. I agree with you. I, now, so I, and here's the thing. I've been telling people, okay, we should beat Denver. We yep. should beat the 49ers. Um, so when this airs, obviously, we would have played 49er, the 49ers yesterday. Um, but Brother Bill and I, we did this in advance because we are good with our timing, even though my <laughs> scheduling was off this week with him, uh, which I have apologized for. But um, like I said, so we should beat the 49ers. Hopefully, by the time this airs, we can you know, be happy and say that we did. It's Victory Tuesday. Um, but like I said, so we should beat Denver. We should. I really I'm not afraid of Pittsburgh, man. Like, I know that they're 11-0. And being coming now, and they might be twelve and zero. Hopefully, they are like you. I want them to. I want us to beat them because I feel like I just feel like they're pretenders. Like, yeah, that, I agree. They've won games that you know, really typically. Like if you if you look at it, it's like it really could have gone either way. So they're eleven and zero right now. They're easily a six and five team if a couple plays go differently. Yeah. So I'm I'm just not too um I'm not nervous about them. And then again, Cam and and the in the Patriots and then we're ending a season off with Miami. I'm not scared of any of those teams. So it's like, look, we, we could run the table unless week 17, we decide to say, you know what, we're going to just bench our players because uh, we're already in the playoffs. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So, well, do you think that we have a shot at, at the number one? And the reason I'm asking is because we just talked about, we just talked about Pittsburgh and I think they're pretenders. So they do have, a three game lead technically because we've lost three games we play them so if we beat them that obviously that helps us dramatically um if we went out and they lose obviously to us and then maybe a couple of a a game here or there i have to look at their schedule to see who they play but do you think we got a shot at this and then a follow-up question to it what about josh allen for mvp man this dude is playing lights out this year i think we have a shot at the the number one seed in the playoffs is that what you're saying yeah, it's it's tough because it's not really in our control. You know what I mean? Like we could win out, and it still depends on what Pittsburgh or the Chiefs finish finish with. While you're talking, I'm gonna pull up the okay. their record, and then that so, way we could kind of have a better. <laughs> yeah, I think we can do everything in our control to get that spot. Like I, I really look at this this remaining schedule, and I say we can win every single one of these games, and. And I, I don't feel any like shame in saying that. Like I really believe it. Um, with Josh Allen, I I think personally he should be in the MVP talks. I don't know if we get the respect that that we we should in the national media. And I, I know that's like one of my running jokes on my page is going at the people who who always shit on Josh and hype up all these other people. But if we went out and Josh finishes strong, I think. There's just no way you can deny that he's like in the talks at least. Like he's especially, got especially if we went out and in week thirteen we're beating the undefeated yeah. twelve and zero Pittsburgh Steelers in prime and, time. And we that's we got what three primetime games three, yeah. I think left. So like this is the time that if he was to sh- to show the world what we know in Buffalo, this is the time to to do it. Now check this. So so the Steelers have um, Washington coming up next. Um, or this yesterday, technically, when, when this airs. Um, now, Washington is not a good team this year. Um, however, they're in first place. They're in first <laughs> place. So, so who knows? Um, the Steelers then play us, so I, which is a game I think that we'll win. So that's I'm going to give them a loss there. They play the Bengals, who do, who's, they're without their starting quarterback. I, I think they beat the Bengals. But yeah. then they have the Colts, and then they end the season off with the Browns. Now, the Browns have actually picked up and played a lot better yeah. since the injury of Odell Beckham Jr. 
I'm not the guy in the camp to try to blame Odell for like them playing better now, but they have been playing better. I could easily see them taking a loss to the Colts and taking a loss to the Browns. And if we if we beat them as well and win out, that's the same record. I could see that too. I could definitely see that, especially with the the Browns like being hungry and coming into that that game could be so big for them. That that's interesting, actually. I could see Uh, it. I'm all right, and I, I'm just throwing stuff out there because isn't so normally when I when I do these interviews, I'm always doing like other podcasters or like beat reporters or even yeah. players sometimes. So like a lot of times the conversation is very analytical, and it's like you know I'm have I just want to be able to have like a fan like this is yeah. fun like I get to just talk. This is and cool. when I I've been on a couple podcasts now, and I was super stressed about that because like I'm not analytics in any way, but uh, yeah, I just love talking talking bills, man. It's the best. Yeah, no, and, and that's it. So, well, let me ask you this, because another thing that has changed. So the first half of the season to the point, the defense has not looked good. And if you and I, I know we follow each other, if if anybody listening follows me on Twitter, you know that first I, I pound the table saying that we have missed Starla Tulele prior to the season started. I've been saying that. Um, and then now I'm also saying we need to extend Andre Roberts. I think out of the two things is like those guys are, are, are doing like they're doing amazing, but without star, our defense is finally looking like we're turning it around. Like they're playing a lot better since week nine. What do you think about the defense? Do you think we finally got to figure it out? And, and can we pair that type of defense with this offense? You know, I think that's both Super Bowl. How, what do you think about that? Yeah. And I mean, I definitely uh, need to fill out an apology form to Starla Tule. I'll say that because I was not on the same page as you. I was like one of those dudes who's like, he does nothing. You never see any stats. Like we're paying him this money, but he is so important in the stuff that doesn't show. He just, he just takes up space. And I, I never realized how important it was till this year. But even when the defense was struggling in the beginning, it was kind of like how good the offense was playing was, was so much more vital to me. It was like, we know we got McDermott. We know we got Leslie Frazier. We know we got a lot of the same pieces we've had. Like, I, I was confident that we were going to figure it out as the year went on, and it's it's starting to become that way. So for me, it was just more important that the offense was playing the way it was because I had a feeling the defense was going to come along and kind of join together. And it seems like that's what we're seeing right now. Like, the the guys are just meshing. The secondary is finally healthy for the first time in the whole year, really. We got Milano hopefully coming back this week, and the defense has already turned that corner a little bit. So with, with all these people coming back, it's it's exciting. Yeah, yeah. No, it definitely is, man. And and to your point, I, I agree. I felt like at early on in the season, it was it was more impressive to me that our offense looked the way that it did because I'm agreeing with you. Leslie Frazier is a heck of a def- defensive coordinator. Sean McDermott is a great defensive coach. So I knew that the defense would figure it out at yeah. some point. So the defense, you know, to your point, we are playing better. We're figuring like we're figuring things out now. I didn't think it was going to take us until week eight, week nine to figure it out. But we did. And now we have an offense that looks the way our offense looks. If we if those things, two things can come together at the right time. To me, it spells Super Bowl. And the only team that I'm afraid of or the only team that I I don't even want to say I'm afraid. The only team that makes me nervous is the Chiefs. How do you feel about um you know, the marriage of the two going into the playoff like this or the fourth quarter of the season and into the playoffs. Yeah, I'm excited. And I think um, we're like, we're, we're still have that like little bit of like negativity where we're never sure if the offense is really real. And, yeah. uh, and even I think the biggest thing for me is now when I think about it is even when the, the offense is playing bad, Josh is throwing like 65% completions 200 something yards and, and a touchdown and maybe a turnover. And like, that used to be like the, the peak of our quarterback play. Like that was like a good day for a Bills quarterback back yeah. in the day. So I'm, I'm excited that like, that's our bad day. And even if we go in the playoffs and that's our bad day and our defense is coming together, like it is, it bodes well for us. Cause I think at any, I think we're better than that too. Like, I don't think we're going to play as bad as Josh's bad day. Right. And and that's the thing. So like, I, again, I agree, dude, I, we got to get you on more. Often. I agree with you more than I agree with all the other guys. So like uh, to your point, like that's like the stuff that we've been seeing from Josh has been great days in recent years. Like 
we've we've settled for and we've been excited about you know 215 yard games with two touchdowns and no interceptions we've right. been excited for those games and you know as much as i love tyrod and i was a big ej manual fan i know he didn't plan pan out i wanted him to you know I like was, it was it was there for me i'm like that draft, I was telling my dad, I was like, this dude from FSU, like, we got to get him. I yeah. was like, so on it. I was, it was really depressing to see how that played yeah. out. Yeah. But so, it, like, you know, I was a fan of him at FSU. So I said the same thing. I was living in Indiana <laughs> at the time. And I'm like, dude, we got to get this dude EJ. We got to get EJ. And, you know, he wasn't, he didn't pan out. Prior to him, we had Rob Johnson. We had the, you know, you mentioned Doug Flutie, who to me was really the last good quarterback. Yeah. Um, but we've gone through all of these different phases and now we have a quarterback where it's like, yo, this is amazing. <laughs> this is yeah. amazing. The offense, the offense is, is the ticket now. Like the reason why people want to tune in and, and watch the Buffalo Bills play is because this offense is so dynamic. Talk to me a little bit about your opinion on how you feel about, um, not how you feel about, but how you feel with Stefan Diggs and, and the, you know, just everything that he means to this team, not just the offense, but the team in general. So I was a Stefan Diggs was my favorite non bill for the last like four years. Like I was okay. big on Diggs, and uh, I, I was so excited when we got, I didn't believe it for like, you know what I mean? The bills don't make those types of moves. So when it happened, I'm like, this can't be real, but yeah. I was stoked. And um, again, you, you only know what like you see. So like on Twitter, there's people always saying like, Oh, he's a diva. The Vikings fans were pretty salty. So they're talking shit about him And um. I, you know, you kind of like, okay, well, is he actually like this? And and maybe is he going to ruin Josh's growth if, if things aren't going exactly how we want them to? And I think it's just proven to be so false that, like, this dude comes in. You would think him and Josh are best friends. They're, like, posing in, in Insta stories together and uh, having secret handshakes every week. You get, like, a picture of them doing something together. And uh, it's translated to the field, too, because they're just tearing it up together. And he seems like a leader. Like I remember when the Vikings fans were saying that, and I, and I remember last year when he called out Kirk Cousins, and they were like awful at that time. Like I think they were like maybe won one game. Kirk was not throwing the ball well, and he called him out. But then Kirk completely flipped sw- flipped the switch, and they became like a playoff team. Mm-hmm. So to me, that doesn't necessarily mean diva. That's like no one knows your teammates like a teammate. So maybe he knows what gets him going. Maybe he knew what Kirk needed. And that was like kind of him nudging him in the right direction, not being like a, a jerk, but being a uh, knowing what gets somebody to tick, you know? Yeah. I think the other thing is too, um, when people look at him and, and players like him in the past, you look at um, players who kind of are vocal about their yeah. situations. Stefan Diggs is an elite athlete. So you can tell that he's used to winning at a high level. And that's been his life. He's he's he works hard, he plays hard. Out there in Minnesota, they they made the playoffs, yes, but they weren't a winning franchise. And you could tell that there was issues within that franchise. I think coming here has been fantastic for him because it's opened up it's a different type of environment for him. And I think with him being able to see that and it like he's just playing so free. Like he he's yeah, yeah. on pace to break the Buffalo Bills receiving for you know the record for one season. That's amazing to me. His first yeah, year here great. with Josh, a quarterback who they said couldn't hit the side of a barn from inside of a barn. He's doing this with him. This is amazing, man. And I got a uh, I got my Eric Molds jersey on right now. Yeah. And, uh, this is the the closest thing I I can think of to what Eric Molds was. I didn't really remember Andre Reed because I was a little young, but uh, I remember what Molds was like on game day. And this is. This is it pretty much. Yeah. It's uh, Eric Eric Mose was nasty. Andre Reed was disgusting. Yeah. Just, like I know, <laughs> you know, I know you just admitted that you don't quite remember it. It the offense, the K Gun offense, man, it was it was it's kind of what everybody is running now. But imagine okay. it at a time when defense just didn't understand it. So it just the Bills offense, man, was just so incredibly just it was there was just so much better than everybody it just it didn't make sense and the thing that's really amazing to me is that so and i'll probably get beat up for saying this i promise this is not jim kelly bashing but jim kelly is nowhere near the quarterback dan marino is right if dan marino would have had that type of offense or those players with him 
you know, Dan, the Buffalo Bills or whatever organization would have had that offense, it would have been like lights out. It's like you think you think Patrick Mahomes looks amazing. You you put Dan Marino in in the K Gun office like that would have just been ridiculous, man. And like someone like me who's who's a little young for that, I've gone back and I've looked at like the stats and like like I remember last year like Jim Kelly's stats are were on par with like what Josh Allen finished with last year. And I know it was a whole different right. like right. style of play, but you look at Dan Marino's stats and they translate to like now stuff. Like they are yeah in this world, they would be good stats still, which is impressive. So, and and that's what I'm saying. So if you would have put him in an offense that operated like this, right. dude, he would have it would have been in he would have been the he probably would have had more Super Bowls than anybody, <laughs> like period. But but uh but that's again it speaks to why we hated him so much back in the early nineties. Like like you said, you look at his stats, they translate to now. And it was at a time when you were running the ball. You had a great running back and then maybe a, a good second back, and you ran the ball down people's throats. And that's even with the Buffalo Bills fancy K gun offense that is like doing, they still, you, you just mentioned it, the numbers didn't look, you know, they didn't look like it, but they were one of the most dynamic offenses in the league. Thurman Thomas, man. I know we I know people love um like these new backs that are doing great things and, and they look great. Ain't nobody in the league like Thurman, man. <laughs> Ain't nobody in the league like Thurman. So well, I'm gonna ask you a couple more before we let you go. I don't want to hold you too long here, but um so early in, in the podcast we talked about your your comedy and we talked about the posts that you do and, and how much fun you have for, for the the fan base of Bill's Mafia. Recently, man, you did one that that went nuts and it was one of the ones to me that was like it was it, it was the most precise it was it was literally the most precise meme i've seen or video i've seen why don't you tell everybody about your about this post the, the spongebob post that we're talking about and then tell me where you got the idea how you put it together yeah so it's it's the video if anyone's familiar with spongebob there's like a episode where squidward's putting together a, a talent show and he's got this like elaborate scheme and and uh he's doing like this like fancy dance and all this stuff and like the crowd just hates it. So um, I, I memed Squidward as Josh Allen and uh, it was a representation of Josh Allen, like defying what, what the thoughts of him were and leading us to the playoffs and all that stuff. And the crowd's just like booing him, throwing tomatoes at him. And that was the national media. And then uh, SpongeBob comes out just to sweep up the floors with all the tomatoes they threw at Josh Allen in this. And I had SpongeBob listed as like all these different young quarterbacks, like Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and uh, Tua, and um, just how the crowd went nuts for SpongeBob doing absolutely nothing, like sweeping the floors, and wouldn't cheer for Squidward or Josh Allen, who was doing all this crazy stuff. And um, I don't know how it comes to me, honestly. <laughs> I can't really give an answer. It's just I have this insane knowledge of movies and shows like i was always a big movie buff and tv show guy and i'll just be walking my dog or, or sitting on the couch and uh something will snap in my head and either i'm scrolling twitter and i see like someone talking shit about josh or or something like that and a random clip will pop in my mind i either note it down or just start making it right off right off bat and uh Dude, it's just funny how it was perfect man it was perfect i'm telling you when i saw it like and i'm sure most that's why it, did as well as it did but dude when i tell you i laughed literally out loud man like it was the funniest thing that i saw that day so you got any um i know you don't want to give any any hints out or or make it too obvious you got any any big ones planned coming up any funny things i got a big one for uh my my monday wake up call now this week because of the, the game i've been working on it for a few days it's it's uh it's been time consuming and it's kind of sad because like what i'm doing in my in the video i'm just going to destroy it and i've been like crafting it for like a few days so it's taking a lot of time so that part's kind of sad but i'm excited because i think it's gonna i think it's gonna make a lot of people laugh all right well by the time this airs that would have aired yesterday so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna make sure i'm, I'm gonna edit his video to to air with the teaser in this so you'll be able to see that as well and uh, i would definitely tag brother bill so you know where to follow him why don't you give everybody a, a moment here to to know where to find you um yeah. if you got anything going on other than your post and and you know just how to get involved with anything that brother bill got going on yeah so uh on twitter which is where i'm most active it's at brother underscore underscore bill so two underscores uh, Instagram, it's brother underscore bill 716. 
And then on Facebook, it's just Brother Bill. It's just like a page. Um, yeah, I got, uh, I got, I'm trying to get out like at least three videos a week, maybe more. Um, especially right now, I'm, I'm not really busy with anything else. So I'm, I'm just working on videos. I'm trying to come up with stuff to keep, keep Bill's fans engaged and keep them laughing. And uh, I actually just put in an order for t-shirts as well. So I'm starting to make some Bill's by a billion shirts. Cause that's like my, my big tagline. So yeah, I, I noticed, like I said, I noticed some other people were throwing them on shirts, man. You, you make the money for your ideas. You do what you got to do for you, man. I will push it because that, that's a, <laughs> it's great. And and I, I've been there. I know how it feels for somebody to kind of yeah. push your ideas. So, so we'll, have, we'll make sure we push yours. I appreciate that. And like I said it last week too, cause some people were sending it to me and I don't own the words, you know, and I don't expect them to, to pay me or I kind of expected people to use it too. But it would have been nice just to get like a little like shot, like, hey, shout out to Brother Bill for for the for thinking it or making it popular or whatever. That's all I ask, you know, it's, yeah. it's just we're a community and like a family, really. So I'm not trying to beef with anybody or anything. It's just. Yeah, no, just, like I said, I, I, I completely agree and, and I can relate. So like I said, um, you know, sometimes it's just a little bit of recognition or, or yeah. some, uh, you know, the money would be nice, too. But it, you don't always have to even chop <laughs> chop people in with the money. But but just a little bit of respect and, and appreciation for my man, Brother Bill. So listen, ladies and gentlemen, you have joined me on the Code of Conduct with the one and only Brother Bill. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you have a great week. Again, I hope when you're listening to this, this is Victory Tuesday and that we just defeated the San Francisco 49ers. If not, try to still have a good week, live in peace with each other, and go Bills.